What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, along with my two co-hosts, Vito Anazelli, Michael Nowen. We have another great show for you, but before that, please take a moment, hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. Also, give us a follow on the SL Screamers underscore pod over on Twitter. Boys, we're back yes. again. What? For those of you who have maybe been starting off the season with us, last week we covered our first part of a two-part series of going through the first 10 teams of the Premier League uh, for their preseason goals, aspirations, what the clubs are looking like. This week we got round two, and we're going to be kicking it off, starting with Leicester and going all the way down the Wolves. Anything you want to touch upon from last week, though, fellas? Uh, just a couple new or confirmed signings for the teams that we did previously. So since we last recorded... Fulham signed winger Menor Solomon, right? Pretty tricky winger. Came, comes from Ukraine after the whole Ukraine debacle contract got canceled, so he joined Fulham. Um, Chris Richards it hasn't, again, been confirmed by the club, but essentially he's confirmed by Crystal Palace. Brentford pick up Ben Mee in defense, who we kind of talked about as potentially they needed to beefen up a little bit besides a central attacking midfielder. And then Arsenal confirmed Zinchenko. So... Gonna be good competition that that uh, that side of the field for them with the Zinchenko signing. Yeah, hey, so they got Tierney over there too, right? Maybe they move him up to like a wing back kind of situation. Or- yeah, and they also have Tommy Asu obviously plays on the other side, but um, but yeah, that's that's good competition. They need they need the help in defense. We we noted that kind of last week as a prime you know primary concern for them at this point. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Arteta moves Zinchenko to like a deeper lying playmaking center midfielder. He's got the he does passing. that for Ukraine, doesn't he? He's got the passing ability. Yeah, he does. I think he'd he be, plays for the national team. Yeah, I, I, I'd like have, that. They, have, Tier, they have Kieran Tierney there already. Like I don't, I don't think you pay all that money for Zinchenko to not play. So and he could pick a pass, but also a very fair point as well. Let's start it off here, boys. First club is going to be Leicester. Uh, their manager is Brendan Rodgers. Last year's finish was eighth, uh, fifty-two points with sixty-two goals for, fifty-nine against. Um, current opinion on mine, at least aspirations for 2022 should be Europa League, if not at the very least conference league, uh, transfer business, nothing in so far, but big news today that actually just came out. Casper Schmeichel might be leaving to Nice over in France. Um, so the remaining needs, honestly, probably have to be a center back and a goalkeeper, obviously, if, uh, Casper does decide to leave. I'll be, I'll be honest. I had to look back and realize Leicester actually finished eighth with the kind of season they had. I'm very shocked. Yeah, that, that number throws me off a little bit because I felt like week in, week out, we consistently said you never know what you're going to get with this team, whether it was a 4-3 like high-scoring game, a 3-0 beatdown, or they'd come back and win a game 2-0, and they look like a, a world-beater of a team. So they're, they're an enigma, at, to say the least, and it's kind of interesting to see that so far they haven't made too much news from a transfer perspective just yet. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have a good core. They're a young, solid team. Um, that's actually not the only news to be coming out of that side so far today. Um, there's also been a lot of links between Chelsea and Wesley Fofana after reportedly missing out on Jules Koundé, um, potentially going really? to – Yeah, well, jersey was up for sale on the Barcelona website. Coincidentally, that wasn't planned, right? Um, <laughs> so there has been a lot of links today linking Chelsea to Fofana, which is, is not – Overly surprising, but while you know it is surprising, so that would be a big loss to lose one of your better defenders in Fofana and obviously your first choice goalkeeper. Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, you can make your jokes about you know Chelsea's transfer window, Manchester United's transfer window, obviously, Arsenal and Tottenham have a great transfer window, um, and these other teams with really lesser that that's that's worrying me. Um, a team that has no sense of consistency for the last what three or four years, really. I mean, down the previous year, I think they finished fifth, right. Yeah, they but they should have finished in the Champions League both of those years and dropped the ball at the end. They, they bottled yeah, it. They um, and last year, they were, like, to your point, Steve, they were sitting much closer to 12th position for the majority of that year um, until right towards the very end. So this is a team for me that really needs to be going out and beating the pavement and trying to get in these, these value bargain buys. Um, that just hasn't so far. So hopefully more to change for them. Um, as it stands, I think Europa League is even too high for them. I think Conference League, without any incoming summer signings, I think Conference League is a much more realistic uh, bet for them at this stage. I was going to say, do you think they're regressing overall I, under Rodgers yeah, so I, far? Because 
because they haven't really made too many signings to your point. They haven't backed up besides like, I guess you could say Pats and DACA realistically and Fofana, but down the Fofana could be potentially leaving or he's linked to. Um, and you kind of get the feeling Tillman's possibly leaving. You kind of get the feeling they're losing some of these key players. Madison linked as well to Spurs. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of concerned, honestly, for Leicester, especially given the teams around them. And we'll get to a couple in the pod, but we talked about Villa. We talked about them making moves. Newcastle, obviously, making moves. Those mid-table teams, Crystal Palace on the up and up, those mid-table teams are making the right types of signings. And you feel like Leicester is just kind of hovering. They're not really doing anything. And if they want have any aspirations of getting to, like, Champions League again or getting to, like, even Conference League, they're going to have to start doing something pretty soon. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think any Leicester fan that's listening to this right now is going to be thinking the same thing, just nodding their head. You know, um, this this is so it feels like to me at least this is the type of season that's that's incoming where you go everything can go off the rails and move Leicester back down to a mid-table club like a Southampton permanently. Um, they they've done a, they did a great job after they won the Premier League um, to really bolster and really make a push to keep them up the table, which they did do su- successfully. Right. But this is now turning into the exact opposite of that. And it's doing so at a very, very rapid pace. Um, yeah. and it's definitely, definitely worrying. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, they're going to need a goalkeeper. Schmeichel leaves. That's a massive, massive loss. Let's, let's be real there. He's, he's been a stalwart as a keeper for them. Defensively, assuming, let's assume Fofana just stays, right? He doesn't go to Chelsea. I mean, do you really trust Soyuncu after the year he had? Johnny Evans constantly gets injured. Vestergaard, he's relatively good, but he's slow, right? I mean, defensively, I see liabilities back there as a center-back partner for Fofana, and I think they need to really hone in on trying to find somebody that can take the reins up. From a wide-back position, I think Ricardo Pereira is good. I think Castagna is really good, and so is Luke Thomas. But um, I think it's defensively. they got to really beef it up and – maybe even like in the attacking midfield options a little bit helps support James Madison a little bit more and Harvey Barnes a little bit more with somebody yeah. else on the opposite wing. Yeah. And you can't rely on Jamie Vardy to be healthy all season long at his age at this point anymore. And Madison has owned injury concerns last year. Um, I think it would be a gigantic mistake for Lester to let Schmeichel leave at this point. In well, he's, he's already pretty much, he's already agreed to terms. I know he's agreed personal terms. I mean, yeah. he failed to, he was trying to negotiate with Lester though, to be fair, like he was trying to do that. And I guess it all fell apart for him. But if you're Lester at this point, I don't, it doesn't matter. I mean, you're, you're bearing down the window of the opening season, opening of the season, right? Like if you don't have time to replace a player like Casper Schmeichel in your team, the leadership capabilities that he has, the experience that he has and the quality that he has, I understand he's 35 years old and his contract is winding down already and you got to get your money for him. But it seems to me like at a certain point, kind of the way we've talked about Southampton last year with Danny Ings saga and everything else, you almost have to weigh what if it's more if it's more beneficial to you to forgo the money that you're going to get from him in order to maintain your place in the league and build something fully next next season if, in the goalkeeper position. So here's a hypothetical. Screams. Let's say they want to get Schmeichel wants to leave, right? Schmeichel leaves. If you're Leicester and you know that Arsenal is interested in Yuri Tielemans. Do you propose a Tielemann swap with Burn Leno for cash? No. If I'm Lester right now, and I know Cash is leaving, and I know Chelsea's bearing down the barrel of Fofana, I'm going out and get Keppa. I'm including me in deal. You know you're going to get him for cheap. You know he has the quality to play behind the sticks for, for Lester, in between the sticks for Lester. I think if you're going to talk about a swap deal and Fofana really is being linked with Chelsea, I think that's the player you go after. Mm. Interesting. I, I can see either way. Uh, if I if I was them, I'd re- regardless, I would do a player swap in cash. Um, like get like if they get Leno, get Leno plus cash. If they get Kepa, get Kepa plus cash for either for Fana or for or, or for Tillemans. Um, I don't I don't see that being really a bad trade in, in any sense. Even a loan deal. Um, what's up? Even a loan deal. Yeah, just something you got. You got to replace it right away. It, it truthfully, it doesn't feel like they're pushing for for Europe. Honestly. Um, Squads relatively, you know, getting older besides a few key players we just named. But if they're going to be getting poached, I don't want to say you blow the you blow the squad up because it's never a good idea in the Premier League. You don't want to blow anything up without replacing it because then they could really lead to some dangerous situations. I think they're still too talented to for any kind of relegation talk to ever happen. But if they do get 
poached just like with all the top talent it's it's never the question right look what happened to everton last year and they had a relatively full squad no one really saw that come we thought they were gonna have down here not a potential horrific situation so yeah uh moving on to the second place finishers last season by one point liverpool manager jurgen klopp last season's finish second place 92 points 94 goals for 26 against um aspirations Premier League trophy champ third champions league in there too uh the transfer business they've done so far obviously the big money signing darwin nunez uh fabio convalo from uh was Fulham. It Fulham? yep and yep. then calvin ramsey i want to say from like aberdeen somewhere over in the scottish Premier league yep. right yeah um remaining needs if you want to get picky with the squad realistically right back depth behind trent other than that i mean the biggest talking point here is got to be Nunez, right? Do you think he lives up to the hype of the money? And can he also produce as much as Holland or what we think Holland's going to do for City? Well, he will not produce as much as Holland. I'll go on the record and say that right now. Not not going to happen. Um, in terms of will he live up to the money, I think he's going to be a scenario where he'll score his goals and he'll get his maybe like a 10-goal season, which I think would be a success for him potentially in the Premier League and just talking about Premier League goals. Um, but I don't think he'll fully click into gear for maybe like another year. That's my opinion. Well, and they'll, they'll ease him in with like Firmino and other players. If so I instead ask. of living up to Holland's potential, what about replacing Sadio Mane? That's not his role. His role is not, not to replace Sadio Mane. He'll replace Roberto Firmino, honestly. Yeah. You think? Um, yeah. Look, definitely. I I think he's going to do fine. I think 10 goals is a is very low to be honest with you, Mike. Um, look, is he going to live up to a hundred million dollars his first year out? Who knows? He scored four goals in his preseason game, but we all know that doesn't mean shit. Right. Um, at the end of the day, I think he's going to do fine. I think that Jurgen Klopp is the type of manager that makes players adjust to his system. He, he, he's not a key man risk type of type of manager, right? Like the reason that a lot of these players on his team thrive is because of the system he plays in, he goes out and gets the people that he's playing the system. Mm -hmm. so you saw him play twice in the champions league. He knew he was going out and getting his man. Historically speaking, whenever Liverpool spends the cash, if they flash the leather, they get their man and they get the right man. Yep. I can't tell you the last time that it, what haven't they realistically, I mean, you go out and you sell Philippe Coutinho and you go out and get Ali Son and Virgil van Dijk and you have the best back line in the, in, in the world after having arguably the, one of the worst of all the biggest teams in, in, in the world. Um, I don't think he's going to score 25 goals. I think Holland's going to get close to the 25 mark. I don't think Nunez will. But I think he's going to fit in pretty, pretty fluidly into that attacking trio. He has the movement. He has the pace. He has the goal scoring the nose. He can sniff it out. And um, I mean, anytime you play about, anytime you play with Mo Salah, who's going to drag two defenders over to you, it's always going to create space for yourself. So I think and Luis Diaz too on the opposite side. Yeah, I mean, you're still talking about yeah. a Mo Salah. You're still talking about a Diego Jota, Roberto Firmino, Darwin Nunez, um, and um, oh, Diaz. Yeah, Diaz, Ruben Diaz. Yeah. Thank you. Luis, I actually no, no, Luis, Luis, Luis. Luis Diaz. Thank you. Sorry about that. I actually think this is going to be Diaz's year. If anything, I think he's going to fill those boots for Mane so so well it's going to be this gonna be like money never left i'll go on record with that one i think he's so so unbelievably talented technically the same way money is and he can just do everything money does except he's not 31 years old yeah i think that they're not going to miss a beat yeah i think liverpool and they're in a prime position honestly to challenge city do i think they take the throne from city to be determined, I probably don't believe it'll happen given their signings, which we'll get to. But <clears throat> I think you'll probably see it. I, maybe this we can even go on record on this. I think you're going to see another potentially like high 90s, low 100 year for like the title challenge, like the title to be decided. Like it's going to be that that much of a gap between everybody else and them. I actually think, and I'm curious what you guys think about this for Liverpool's title push as far as the Premier League is concerned. I actually put a lot of the hopes on that on the back of Ibrahim Konate. I think the Liverpool defense is aging through the, through the center, at least through the center, right? I mean, Joe Gomez is young, right? And he, he plays all the time from a virgin, but he's getting up there. He's still an amazing center back. One of the best in the world. Let's not sugarcoat that. But for the last couple of seasons, we have saw a lot of injury concerns with this Liverpool side. 
And in one place that they are now lacking, you know, having going out and get Carvalho from midfield. And I know Keith has gone, but Thiago is in there and doing a fantastic job. I think that that back line is something that needs a little bit more depth anywhere else in the rest of the field for them. And Konate was in and out of the side a little bit last year. He still had like 30 plus appearances, I believe, but numerous of those coming off the bench or coming on those FA cup matches, et cetera. I think he's going to be the key to a, a real Premier League title push. Interesting. I mean, I mean, realistically, what they were one half away from winning the title last year. If if Aston Villa doesn't collapse, maybe even like what thirty minutes. I think that's when they, the rampage minutes, started. Like, nine minutes. Yeah, literally. Not even actually. I think it was like six. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying like thirty minutes to go right in the game, roughly right. It was about 60, 70th yeah. minutes somewhere around mm-hmm. there is when is when the uh, city just took over. So I mean, it, it was there for the taking potentially uh, by all means. Defensively, I don't even know if that's really necessarily the thing because both them and City both gave up 26 goals last year. I mean, City outscored them by a little bit with five extra ones, but I, they already have a top-of-notch defense. I, I don't know if – I think they're just going to get outgunned again. Yeah, I think there's just too much firepower that City has versus Liverpool, and that's not even saying – like I think if you look at Liverpool's front three, even their front – if they're five just attacking players – any team almost in the world would be like, yep, we'll take them, you know? No, yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's like, just the one thing they have to run up against is I just more stacked. Yeah, you're running up against a generational juggernaut in a Man City team, so. Yeah, well, let's get into that Man City team real quick. Uh, their manager's Pep Guardiola. Last year's finish, with, like we mentioned, first place, 93 points, 99 goals for, 26 against. Aspirations, I mean, they've won four out of the last five Premier Leagues. At this point, do they need another one? I don't know. I think they're really going to be facing that Champions League trophy more than anything else. Um, the two p- biggest pieces of transfer business that they did, Erlon Holland up front, and then Calvin Phillips to shore up the midfield. Any other needs that you think they, they got to go after? Uh, you missed Julian Alvarez, too. Who I guess they they signed a little bit, but then let him loan out as a someone they brought back. But Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, to be honest, no, I mean, you're pretty much looking at like the complete team, <laughs> in all honesty, like this feels like the most complete team. I mean, obviously last year they had the number nine, like they didn't have a true striker last year and still dropped 99 goals. Yeah. It's, it's absurd. It's, <laughs> it's mind boggling. It's, it's literally absurd. And I think now with Holland and that team, I mean, the guy is literally, he's created in a lab. Like he's not a, he's not a real human being. I feel like he's, he's going to. He's going to put up at minimum, I, I honestly will say 20 goals for them. Like he's going to get his, he's going to be in the right spots. I think you're going to see a changing of the guard this year too. Not to say KDB is going to fall off just in terms of predictions, but I think KDB will obviously get his, have his year, get his assist with Holland. But I think you're going to see Grelish integrated a lot more in this team. And you're going to start to see that baton move a little bit because, you know, KDB is getting a little bit older. Um, and they didn't pay 100 mil for Grealish to just kind of ride the wings. So I think that'll slowly I feel like that start happens to happen. with a lot of Pep's guys, the, the big money ones that he signs. It's always that second year is when you really start to see uh, them kind of fall, like, fall into the squad. That first year is always an adjustment period for him. He's a um, I know last year. What's up? He's a tactical mastermind. It takes time for that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, it's, just, it's just a different way that they play over there. Um, I know last year we were all kind of down on Grealish anyway for the most part because we, we kind of foresaw what was going to happen. Um but yeah, no, I'd probably be all in on this year as well. I, I think they do have one area though. If they have one weak spot, it's their left back position. Obviously, Joe Cancelo is a world beater, but losing Zinchenko in that backup position and not having signed Marco Corella from, from Brighton yet is, is an area that yep. they need to be looking at. I forgot what they're going after. Granted, Corella, yeah. with that being said, City has so disgustingly much firepower in the midfield and forwards that they could get back, get away playing with three back sides with the vast majority of teams. But in terms of their Champions League aspirations and their title pushes against the top six sides, if Cancelo was to go down with an injury, that's going to be a big gap for them to fill. And I don't think they have anyone that's ready to step up in their squad at the moment. At the moment. Not to say they're not going to go out and get uh, Cucurella still. I still believe that's probably going to happen. They're willing to pay whatever they have to pay. I mean, it's oil money FC at this point. But but if there's somewhere that – city is ever going to be exploited it's it's that side of the back line i think that's they need something just even just remotely to clot bleeding under the worst case precedence because cancelo given the style that city play getting up the field being involved in attacks wing back positions going in and out 
he's going to get tired and they need to have cover for that. And your three back system can't be the guaranteed cover because that's not the preferred formation. We all know that. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to go out and get somebody just even temporarily that can fill that void for them in the meantime. Yeah. yeah Cucurella would be huge. I'm actually looking at the defenders right now. Uh, they got Kyle Walker right back. Uh, Cancelo, I guess you'd, you'd slot into left, but after that, it's just all center backs. Pretty much. You got Diaz stones, uh, Laporte, and then Ake, who can go out on the left as well. So yeah, if you were to sign Cucurella, uh, you could put him on the left, Ake on the left, and then uh, Joel and Kyle Walker battle it out on the right side. That would create real depth for them and God for any injury concerns and stuff. But yeah, yeah, I, I guess realistically, that'd probably be the biggest, the biggest thing they, they are. So they should be looking at. Yeah. I know it's still early, but any chance they win the champions league, do they finally get it this year with Holland is now their year. I just want to, I just want to say no and keep the joke going. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> be honest. <laughs> I, I'm, um, we'll get into a bold predictions, but. My bold prediction is no. I think yes. I think this is it. Even looking at the matches where they played against Real Madrid and it was this fantastic two-leg tie, you can you can name two or three occasions where they should have scored. Clearly they scored nine in that one game. Did yeah. not. And if Holland was in there. will not miss those chances. He will yeah. not. And that's the difference maker for them at that point because they didn't have that number nine and now they do. Everything else is so gelled so perfectly that you have honestly you have to say if they don't win it this year they will go down as the best team in history never to win i don't you know colin has uh, a yeah. has a lead I mean, year like he does kind of like to what grelish had and what other pep signings have where he takes a year no, to adjust no grelish is a fantastic player nothing against him but he's not holland he's not holland he he won't need no time. but i don't think i don't think he's far from sterling either smart What's up? I don't think he's far off from Sterling either, and he's younger. I, I would, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna say like I'm 100 percent on Grelish, but I think he has a much better year than he did last year. Much better. No, agreed. I was Mike was saying whether Grealish is gonna potential. Well, Holland could potentially end up emulating kind of a Grealish down year his first year in the team, and I don't think that's gonna happen. Oh, oh. no, nah, I, I, he's superhuman. I don't know if we've ever seen him bleed or not, but if not, I kind of want to just to make sure there's not like a robot underneath. Like it's just like, <laughs> like an avatar skin over top. He runs into walls and put band-aids on, on the walls when he's done. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like a Chuck Norris joke from like back in middle school. <laughs> might as well. Might as fucking well be. That might be Chuck Norris's father. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's head to the, jesus christ let's head over to the red side of manchester uh man, new manager and eric tenhag uh last year's finished sixth place 58 points 57 goals for 57 goals against zero goal differential for those counting at home uh mm-hmm. aspirations for 2022 um gotta be top four otherwise ronaldo is definitely gone i mean there's already talks about that happening but we'll see Transfer business, biggest moves here. You got Christian Erickson coming into the squad, Lissandro Martinez, Tyro, I don't know how you say that last name, Malasia. Um, remaining needs, center defensive mids, definitely a big thing. Uh, possibly a new striker up top. I mean, they did have a very big outgoing list, a lot of a, uh, expiring contracts. So what's your guys' take on Manu? I – I'm intrigued by them this year because I know we say preseason isn't shit, but I don't know if you've seen or got to watch any of their games or any of the highlights, but the goals they've been scoring, the goals they've been scoring in preseason, like you could see just already Ten Hag is putting his fingerprint on that squad and he's, he's bending them to his will as all within, you know, a couple weeks already. So I, I honestly think they have a real probability to, to make some waves this year under Ten Hag. And I'd be curious, you know, like who they're able to bring in. They obviously lost Pogba, which was debatably big, um, depending on how, if you're a Pogba fan or not. Um, You know, they have Sancho who's been okay. You know, they paid all that money for him. So hopefully he turns it on, but, and the Ronaldo issue, which is, you know, in itself a big problem. So it'll be interesting to see what Man U is able to come up with this year after suffering their worst, season in the Premier League in history point total wise if I'm not mistaken it was last year so yeah it, it was it was one of the worst yeah you know was it, it was the worst it was it was the worst um I actually oh my god this is gonna suck to say because I, I have a gut feeling I'm gonna be disproved but 
I actually think Manchester United are going to surpass people's expectations this year. I'm not saying they're going to finish necessarily in one, two, or three. I'm not mm. saying they're going to make a deep run in the Europa League. I think they're in now. But I think that Ten Hag is the real deal. I think yeah. he has players that he knows and understands. I think he's going after players he knows and understands and likes. And there's a couple signings that are still on the cusp for them. Like they're still chasing Anthony. I know there's Frankie Dion uh, U-turn, but I actually think that Frankie might not have been the best choice for this team just because of his unwillingness to want to play for them to begin with. And we know that United has a history of going after players that are star power the same way as PSG that don't translate into a team dynamic, the way that Ten Hag likes to play. We see the goals that United were scoring in the preseason. The amount of communication and know-how where everyone on that field is in the trust of one another so far, so far, is, is something that United hasn't seen in a very long time. I think they're going to come out swinging. I think Ronaldo's going to put that nine spot up um, for that number nine. I think that really where they need is, again, the defense. Wambasaka did not pan out. That is absolutely no secret. Varane barely played last year whatsoever. Obviously, Harry Maguire might as well be standing on his hands trying to hit the ball with his dick at this point. Unbelievable. Jesus or that slab of forehead, whatever you want to call it, is useless, <laughs> right? You can only rely on David De Gea so long. So you got to be looking at that back line. I think that Eric Ten Hag has what he needs in the midfield and the forwards. Assume he can get one more player. Jaden Sancho is going to be fantastic this year. I'm telling you right now, he's going to be great. I think you're going to see a resurgence from Martial and a resurgence from Rashford as well. I think they need to figure out the back line. That, you don't think Lissandra Martinez is the answer to them? They just who Ten Hag. I think it's a good start. I, I agree 100%. That's exactly who he wanted. I mean, he's 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 great. I don't know if you've watched any of his like scouting tapes and, and things like that. I watched him play at all, but he's he's a fantastic young player, very smart, intelligent on the ball, very composed in defense. But it's not enough. It's simply yeah. not enough. Um, one injury for that defense, and you who who are you turning to? Eric Bailly is already being talked about. He's gone. Victor Lindelof, while he's not a bad player, is not a United caliber player. You have Varane and Alessandro, and you don't really have a right back for the most part, and you have Luke Shaw in the left back position. Well, they have Diego Delat too. They do have, have, they do have, have, they've been turning to him more than Juan Bissaka lately. Well, they didn't um, have a choice, I think, honestly. Bissaka <laughs> was like non-existent. He's already he's got he's he's not gonna play this year. He's gonna be a bit part player, guaranteed. Yeah, I think the signing, and I agree with you. Like I I think they do need help defensively. Um, I What I really think the big signing for them is, and this is obviously going to come and hurt me as a Tottenham fan, but I think the signing of Erickson was just yeah. massive. Yep. Massive, massive, massive for them. Absolutely. Because you now have a player who I'm not going to say is super, let's just say not like press resistant, but he's willing to drop back and pick the ball up from deep positions, and he's adjusting to that in his role now, like he did at Brentford, where he was really controlling the games. And you're going to now free up Bruno Fernandes to do what he does best and float yep. near that box and get ghost into goals, scoring opportunities. Um, I think for them, that was in a sense a game-changing signing to get him on a free transfer. He is, he is an instant fix to the Pogba loss who, hard, who obviously had his own issues. No one that watches the game doesn't understand that. He's an instant, instant impact for that. You're not going to get 38 games out of Erickson. Um, you're not. I mean, outside of the obvious reason I'm so happy to see him back, but you have a Premier League proven player who knows the IAC system, right? Knows how to play in the game and is going to come in and drop those assists. And he's going to free up Bruno to your point, Mike, so, so, so much. Fred is even playing so much better. Matic was a little bit of a loss for me. I got to be honest with you, just at least for a cover perspective, someone that, that is strong physically and can play in that role. But I, you're right. It's, it's that, it's that center back position for me. You can cope with a lesser wing back if need be, but you need that cover, that third center back to fill the gap. Yeah. Vito, you mentioned that you thought that they were going to outperform people's expectations. So what do you think the general population's expectation is of Manu this year and where you think they're ending up? I think given the way that, I mean, let's, we don't have to talk about City Liverpool. Everyone knows that, right? Chelsea's Chelsea. They, they find, somehow find a way to get into that top four somehow, and they have made some pretty incredible signings without losing a lot of star talent. I mean, Lukaku aside, Spurs and Arsenal are going to shock the world this year in the Premier League, 
Antonio Conte's a mastermind. Arteta has him flowing. I think everyone has Manchester United, Manchester United finishing outside the top five, maybe even outside the top six. I actually think United is going to surprise people and make a push for that top four spot. I don't know that they're necessarily able to get it just given the way the other teams are performing and are stacked and are just kind of gelled together into a new season for United with a new manager and a lot of new faces. But I think they give people a run for their money in the top four. I think they, they worry a lot of teams that are that want those Champions League spots. Yeah, they'll they'll make it a they'll make it a close run again for sure this year. There's even a probability or a possibility to me where I, I think they could sneak it to the top four. four. Yeah, I think they could. A healthy Varane, Ronaldo's yeah. Ronaldo, Jaden Sancho. If he if he comes back to being Jaden Sancho, which it's looking likely already, Christian Eriksen, Bruno Fernandez. This is a good team that is playing good football in preseason, and you can't like as it's just it's preseason, right? You can't overcount it, but you can't discount it either. Outside, there's not many teams in preseason right now that look as good as Manchester United have looked in their game so far. Their their counterattacks have been flawless. The passing has been unbelievable. Like moving through the lines, the way they're playing. So, yeah, and they're only going to get better with time. The more games they play, the more reps they get on the hog. I mean, it's it's a it's a sleeping giant right now that's about to be woken up. Interesting. Quick turnaround. Um, there's also another team that had a very quick turnaround after January window last year. <laughs> um, also, possibly the richest team in the Premier League as well. Uh, Newcastle and their manager Eddie. Howe. Damn shots at Man City. PSG <laughs> <laughs> hey, <get> out. <laughs> Wait, no, honestly, God, though, couldn't couldn't the owners like afford? Like the new cast, the new new like ownership, couldn't they afford like the majority of the teams in the Premier League? Yes, no, like, not the majority. Combined. Every single one of them comfortably. Newcastle United are no, I mean, arguably like the richest team out of any sport anywhere on the planet. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, last year's relegation candidates went from 19th or 18th place, wherever the hell they were, up to a, finishing up to 11th. 49 points, 44 goals for, 62 against. The majority of those were pretty much flip-flop the second half of the season. Um, aspirations. This one, it's a tough one for me, obviously, with how much money was pumped into the club. I don't know if this is too soon, but for them, I think an extremely successful year and what they should be pushing for. I'm not sure they get it or they fall short. would be a conference league finish. Um, and they brought in, I mean, obviously last year, Bruno, a couple other signings as well, but this year, Alex Murphy, Nick Pope, they poached from Burnley after the relegation. Yep. Matt Target, uh, Sven Botman, Sven, no, Sven, 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 um, and Charlie MacArthur. I listen. We saw them last year and how and how quickly they changed the squad and going into the right direction. Do you think they follow suit with the new signings and then being able to push forward even farther? No, I think if memory if memory serves me correct, I'm, I'm not. I don't have it in front of me. I want to say they were a top four club the second half of the season in terms of points. Hey, I, before all the signings, I picked them to finish at least 15th. So I'm just going to put that out there. But <laughs> I think it's I think it's too soon. I think it's too soon. Uh, their their view should be at best eighth place. Granted, they're being linked to players like Timo Werner, Julian Draxler. Right? They they are being they are looking at these guys that could make an instant impact and not necessarily propel them to obviously the top of the table, but get them to positions where they continue signing strong players and making a push. But I, I still think it's way too soon for them. Yeah. I mean, looking at the depth of their squad and again, they did sign great players. Nick Pope is a great goalkeeper. He will earn them some points. Sven Botman's great defender, but I, I think the biggest question mark for me still is like they have Alan St. Maximin, who's phenomenal on the wings. But do I believe in Callum Wilson and Chris Wood and Joe Elton as your up as your players up top? No, not not entirely. Do I think I feel like Joe, it's the Bruno show? They'll, like he'll carry them as far as they can go. Yeah, I mean, I, we'll see. Like I think if they're not in this window, but maybe in January when you know maybe someone becomes discounted or something, I think they make a move for like a, a proper striker, not just like a a Chris Wood or they poach somebody off a relegation candidate or something along those lines. Right. Um, Cause I, I do think they have a, a good depth in the squad. Like everyone's like at the same level, if that makes sense, but they don't have anyone besides say Maximum who I feel like has like that true X factor game changing type of ability. Yeah. And, and not only, not only and Bruno Gamaras, excuse me. And Bruno, I, that's, right. that's it. 
I completely agree, but also let's not forget Allison Maxim is not a goal scorer. As not. as he is, he reminds me more of a William player. He's going to nab you at like six or seven goals a season, but he's he's not going to change the game to an extent that a team in Newcastle position needs the game to be changed. Um, I, one interesting thing that's been coming out recently, I don't know if you guys saw it, uh, is Maya Sar from Watford. Pretty much the only reason they even had a remote chance at staying up last season is on the transfer block. Watford looked determined to sell him in Newcastle. Are are Ooh. feeling it out? That'd be a great, be a that'd be a great sign signing. Newcastle. Great signing. Yeah, him on yeah. the right, St. Maximin on the left. Well, St. Maximin wants to leave, apparently. He's he's looking around. Right. Chelsea have been linked to him recently. Yeah, a couple of teams have been linked to St. Maximin. Do I think he's going to leave? No, Newcastle don't give a shit about money. They don't need to. <laughs> they own literally like 30% of the world's landmass. I mean, come on. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I look, I still think if you're Newcastle, your success, like your top level success, is seventh place. I think realistically, you're happy if you end up in eighth or top ninth. half table, eighth or ninth. I think uh, this too low. I think if I think 10 is probably right where they'll finish. I think they'll probably get right near that mark again. Interesting. I, unless, unless they, unless they make another type of marquee striker signing, I think Colin Wilson, he go he plays in spurts. He's, he's good yeah. in that sense, but he's like streaky. And I don't trust Chris Wood. I don't trust Joelton. Um, and who is the uh, other guy they had from Arsenal? They picked up Joe Willick. He's, he's a good player. He's young, but I still think he's a little unproven, just in my opinion. I, I'm not sure he's going to be a consistent goal scorer. The more or less it impacts up. So until they do that, I, I can't foresee them any higher than like that top half. And I, I think the Europa League or the Conference League might be a little bit of a push. Yeah. Let me ask you something then, because both of you did mention the striker position, right? As maybe down the line, that's like, that's where they're going to make their first real, real Newcastle big money signing, right? And the links to, to Timo Werner right now are very real. All jokes aside on Timo Werner's finishing, the guy is a good player. He contributes. He hustles his ass off. Like, he is an impact player. He might not score you 30 goals a season like he was doing at Leipzig, right? But he is a great striker. Does the signing of Timo Werner, even on a loan for a year or two year change where you guys think that Newcastle could end up, or do you think it's just, that's great and all flash the money, but it's not necessarily going to do it for you. I, I, I just don't think Timo's, I mean, we watch him quite often. I just don't think he's a Premier League striker. I think he's better off in other leagues that fit his play style much better. Germany's perfect for him. Um, maybe even the a, a Spain situation. Uh, so I would say no, and that's in that aspect, but another, another marquee sign that they could pot, potentially put up there, then yeah. It would it would sway my thinking of them. Yeah, they got a little bit of work to do. I feel like in the transfer window, still just a tiny bit. Definitely, but they'll have a they'll have a good season. Agreed. Uh, moving on to our last promoted team of the Premier League, Nottingham Forest manager Steve Cooper. Last year's finish was fourth place in the championship. They came up through the uh, playoff system, eighty points, seventy three goals for, forty against. Aspirations for 2022, just survive. Survive and thrive. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they, they've had so many transfers. I'll go over some of the bigger name ones. Um, they took on Dean Henderson from Manchester United on loan uh, to short the keeper situation. Horvath got loaned out. Samba, I don't know if he's still there or not. I didn't check their outgoings. Uh, I don't think he no. is there. He is still there. Okay, is. well, definitely on the fringe over there. Uh, Omar Richards from Bayern. They just uh, started Jesse Lingard. He turned down West Ham and went for the money. I forget how much he's getting paid there, but it's quite a good amount. Any other big ones kind of uh, stand out for you guys? Um, I think the biggest one is Dean Henderson. I mean, Samba was a good keeper for them. And to get Dean Henderson, you know, was a really a good – he was a good backup for Man U, and he obviously made a, his name at a – what was it, Sheffield? I mean, he was, he was pushing he was, to Haya for the starting spot. Yeah, like I, I think that's a – Phenomenal, phenomenal signing. And you're going to need that as a newly promoted team with all these new players who are going to be gelling, right, for the first time. Um, you need a keeper between the sticks who can make those saves. And I think Henderson's that guy for them. Um, he might be the difference in keeping them up realistically. So I think that was probably their best signing. And for everybody else, I mean, I'm always very skeptical. And it's not to say it's a bad thing because, like, they're getting players from, like, proven leagues in who have been playing and whatnot. But I'm always skeptical when you're bringing in how many people is it like 10, almost a full first 11, like you're changing over right. In terms of players um, to me, that's a big warning sign. 
that's a big like oh shit sign so yeah um one of their bigger signings for me has to be um probably Musa Nyakate came over from Mainz from the Bundesliga this year had about three or three or four four seasons with Mainz 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 was a good team last year in the Bundesliga for a team that historically doesn't finish up in eighth eighth position um, and he played a lot of those games back in the center defense. Uh, so, sorry, excuse me, central defender role for them. Played f- almost almost every single game for them. I think it was about thirty matches or so with four goals. Reliable defender, twenty six years old, coming into his prime, has the experience of the Bundesliga. We saw what that means to players like Christian, like even like uh, Andreas Christensen, right? They go over there and develop, and they come back. Um, I think he's going to be a big addition to them that has the experience that can play in a, you know, a more physical league than the Bundesliga, obviously, um, and, and contribute to that kind of leadership role that I think, think they desperately need. Um, so I think he's going to be one of those players that slots right into the side. I mean, they spent, I think, close to $12 million on him, which is obviously not a lot when you consider what the world spends on players. But for a newly promoted side to go out and get $12 million for a center back, like they obviously did the research on the guy. Like he's a good player. So I'm excited to see him play on that side and see what he could produce in defense for them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why, but like, I just get the feeling that I, I'm hoping I was open for the best, but I, I'm not sure. I think they're almost like a shoe in for relegation. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. Really? The teams in the championship come up and make so many sign signings. Like Mike mentioned, it, it's always like a bad sign to me too. Um, it, it's, they know they have a lot of holes to fill. And very rarely are they going to make the correct ones right away. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's a sign of desperation and you're, you're reaching hard. And again, they're, they're trying to pull in good players and they put broaden a lot. Do I think Lingard is going to be enough to carry that team? <laughs> like, Well, he signed a one-year deal smart on him at least, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I can't see it, unfortunately for them. I, I agree. I think I think survival is obviously their goal, but I just think it's outside of the grasp. Um, not to like rattle off eight names right now, but like the teams that we're talking about today alone. I mean, both the Manchester's, Liverpool, Leicester's, West Ham's, Tottenham, uh, Wolves. Like these teams aren't getting relegated. So we're talking about ten teams today, and the nine that we're talking about, I give less than a two percent oh, chance of getting relegated. Realistically, you know, so if you're talking about that, you're putting them in a group of maybe one of five teams that have the possibility on the onset. So I think it's definitely the most likely scenario for them. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't like to see it at nor. I mean, we know they're Nottingham's a storied club, but yeah, they're, they're, they're a bit of an issue right now. Agreed. Uh, moving on, check out Southampton manager. God knows how the hell to pronounce this one. Ralph. Hassan <laughs> now I'll let us pronounce you just go after <laughs> last year's finished 15th place 40 points 43 goals for 67 against aspirations for them I mean realistically survive lower mid table finish at the most I they were finished in 15th kind of see that being relatively the same place maybe as high as 13th but that's pretty much about it in my book um, transfer business quite a few different signings also not trying to pronounce nearly any of those names <laughs> um what's you guys take on southampton i, I think go ahead mike go ahead i was gonna say i think they will go as far as james ward prouse takes them in my opinion i think that dude, much how it was last year that yeah that dude is the key um as long as he's in the game and controlling the midfield they have a fighting chance to win. And the way Hassan Hoodle plays, like his team, it's like very much on the press. It's like almost like a German style of football where they're super aggressive. They, they come at you as with everything they got. Um, and they live and die by that. So I think a couple of the signings they made, like they're, they're probably, we'll see if they pan out. But in terms of like players up top, that's where I'm like a little eh on them. Like I think Nathan Pella is okay. I think. Uh, Ibrahim Diallo, I think he's a pretty good player. Gineppo's a good player, but when I'm looking at like their strikers and who they have potentially that can come in and like really take the game by the reins, I I don't know if like Che Adams, you know, is like that guy yeah. just yet. So I, that's where like where I'm kind of concerned where they might need like a little bit more of like a again like the, I feel like they haven't filled that Ings role since Ings left. Let's just put it that way. Well, it's hard. Yeah, I mean he didn't leave that long ago either, but. 
no, I, I would agree with what you said, Steve, in, in terms of like the highest I can see them finishing is 13th, 12th, something around there. Do, do I that's a great season? What's up? Yeah, yeah, that's like a great season. Do I think they're gonna get relegated? No, I, I still think that they have enough talent in that team to not worry about it to the extent that a lot of the other teams are, especially the newcomers, right? James Worth Prowse, we all know, is, is a goddamn animal. I mean, he's gonna get he's gonna score five, six, seven free kicks this season alone. Fraser Foster can get the job done in net. And you still have players well, like Theo Walcott, Shea Adams. Well, Fraser Foster's at Spurs now. Oh, shit. Jesus Christ, yes. Don't worry. Don't worry. They don't need him. <laughs> Adam Arms. Adam they weren't Arms. relying on him in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Um, I th- I think they'll be okay. I think that it's definitely a, a, in the back of their mind. I hate to say it just because, like, you can say this about any teams, but injury concerns are going to be a lot for them because they have basically a couple starters that are guaranteed to be on the team sheet week in, week out. And if one of those are not, then you're talking about a team that can go out and lose to anyone they play against, essentially. Yeah. Um, but I think that they – I think they'll have enough to stay up. I think realistically where they're going to end up finishing is probably closer to the 14th position this year. But I think it'll, I think they'll, they'll do just, just enough, just enough. I think they'll flirt. They'll they'll be very flirty with the relegation. Yep. Uh, they're gonna be around that in that that seventeenth spot for probably a, quite quite a bit in the season. Maybe even drop into the, the uh, bottom three for a little while and then come back out. Um, I think they're gonna yo yo up and down the table um, at the bottom over there. But yes, I think they should be able to get out of it. But I I wouldn't be shocked if they go down. Tino Livermento. I I would be shocked if they go down. I think the only way they go down is if they have that injury scare, like Vito was talking about, because their starting eleven should be enough to assuming everybody's healthy. But after that, the drop off, I'm just not sure about with depth. I, I, I yeah. don't think. So, yeah, we'll we'll see with them. See, we shall. All right, Mike, taking away the next one for us. We'll we'll let you have something. Oh, really? For me? Oh. Yeah. Well, well, we, we lost all host privileges <laughs> last week, so. All right. I didn't fuck that one up. Up next, <laughs> out of the white corner, Lily White Corner, that is. Tottenham, oh, this far. <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, manager Antonio Conte, last year's finish, third with 71 points, 69 goals forced, and 40 goals against. Aspirations for 2022, top four, and any trophy. We did win a trophy already. We won the season. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway. Transfer business. Uh, they brought in Ivan Perisic, Fraser Foster, Yves Basuma, Richarlison, Clement Longley on loan, and Jed Spence. Those are the big six right now. So open it up to you fellas. Where do you think they should be looking to finish? How do you think they have done so far and where can they improve? I'll be honest. Arsenal and Tottenham actually scare me from Chelsea not making top four. Yeah. And with the exodus that's supposed to be having with Chelsea, I tr- I I really, really see them Tottenham. Tottenham, I think, does finish top four. I'm not really too I, I think they get the job done relatively pretty easy. I won't say easy, never easy. But I wouldn't be shocked that them and Arsenal steal the spots away from Chelsea. Gotcha. And by the way, you put last year's finishes third, and I want to clarify they finished fourth beating out Arsenal. They did not finish. I got fat thumbs. Well, to be fair, Arsenal beat out Arsenal, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big facts as well. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, top four has to be the goal, period. I mean, you you bring in, in, in my opinion, one of the top five managers in the game at the moment uh, in, in Antonio Conte. This guy knows how to win trophies. This guy knows how to grind out results. And Tottenham is that type of team. Gone out and got the players who won relatively cheap. And even, even Perisic was free. My only concern with Tottenham is it feels like a very much Gareth Bale situation where they make all of this money and they spend it on not star players, even Paris is his age. Yeah, I know Basuma is a good player, but he's not the caliber that's needed for a top four finish to me. Richarlison, that's a great piece of business. He needed to get out of Everton. Everton needed to get rid of him. Great job. Long uh, Clement Longley, you know, it's a loan. good player. But I don't know if he's going to do it for them. I think they're going to be similar to how they were last year, flirting with the top four. It's whether or not they're going to have the perseverance finally to not bottle it and get get into the top four, right? Um, but it has it has to be. It, it's it's the time is over. The time is over for Spurs to to finish outside the top four, not not to make that 
not to get that final game for the FA Cup or for the Community Shield or whatever the hell it may be, not Community Shield, but wherever the hell it may be. They, they have to do it. They're very much so Man City needing to win the Champions League. Tottenham have to get a trophy this year. They've spent too much money. They've got the right manager. They have Harry Kane and Hung Ming Son. They got Hugo Lloris in net. They have to do it this year. But I still don't think they're going to. I think Arsenal will end up overtaking them, and I think it's going to end up being the Spurs curse. Mm. So I'm going to respectfully disagree. <laughs> respectfully. Yeah, I'm going to respectfully tell you to go fuck yourself. Respectfully. Uh, <laughs> um, now, that being said, I think Conte, like you said, he's the real deal. I think the players they brought in, the fact that they got Ivan Perisic, I think he will be the signing of this year for them. Like he is by far one of the best wing backs in the world, even at his age today. And he's familiar with Conte systems. And I think when you look at who's been there historically with Sergio Reguilon and even Sessignon, who's coming into his own a little bit, but he doesn't have that true goal scoring ability. Perisic brings that in spades and he has the ability to switch on left or right. And I, I honestly think you could easily get six to eight goals out of him this year, maybe six. Oh, six. Minimum. I think he's going to score closer to 10. 10. And I think that's the difference right there between our Arsenal finishing above Tottenham is Ivan Perisic and his ability to produce because where Harry Kane plays those balls in a lot of times, and it was Sergio Reguilon on the overlap, they just he just couldn't finish the he couldn't finish it. It just wasn't there, and I think that is going to be the key difference right there for them. I think where they could improve, I know they brought in Clement Longley on loan. It's a season long loan. It is what it is. But after the season, or even maybe in January, they have to spend some money on a left sided center back. That's going to be key for them. I I completely agree. It, look, and a creative attacking midfielder. That those two things. Yes, attacking midfielder certainly, absolutely needs needs to go into the books. I mean, Deli Ali and um, Erickson were obviously that for you guys for a while, but without them there, it, it does leave a certain gap. Look, Antonio Conte is the perfect manager for Spurs. That's why he's so good at Inter Milan, and he's going to be good at Spurs. Like the teams that are willing to suffer, like Atletico Madrid, the Yo Simeone type, right? Like, teams that don't care if you suffer teams that are there for the three points and that's it. And I think that's why it doesn't work. Didn't work out for him at Chelsea and it wouldn't have worked out from a team like Real Madrid or Barcelona either. But I think he's, he's going to do it for you. Here's my question though. Harry Kane is still being linked, especially to Bayern Munich of all teams. Now he's, he's, he's not leaving. I don't think he will either. I think, it, I think it's done. I think he's accepted. it. I think Daniel Levy's kind of made that clear. If he did though, where's your finish for them? If he leaves. Yeah. He's not leaving, but <laughs> I'm just not even entertaining. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not entertaining this question. Oh. Vio's trying real hard right here. Um, listen, I, I don't I don't see how top four is not in the question. They snuck in last year at the very end, and they've only improved their squad. Yeah. Yeah. What I, I what I have a questions about is their ability to get a trophy. And I think if they if they finish top four, and they've probably finished third where I think they will finish, and they get a trophy. And something, I think that is a very successful year. And I, the question then becomes, it's successful from Tottenham standards, but is that a su- successful year from Antonio Conte standards? And does he want to stick around for that project long-term? That's where I think it gets dicey. And let's not forget, there's a difference between improving the squad and improving performances that other teams are doing as well. Like there is a, there is a pretty clear difference in that. Like we, we say it all the time, like, Signing players does not directly correlate to success. I mean, PSG has been trying to win the Champions League. Manchester City has been trying to win the Champions League. Chelsea have been signing players left and right for the last however long, and they haven't won the, the league in, in God knows God knows how long. Arsenal doesn't need to sign players at this point. They're putting the performance in the field. We even, we're even seeing from United, not that I don't think United are going to overtake Spurs. I think Spurs are a much more sound team than them. But I think there is a difference between those two things, and I, that's what worries me at the same time. You can go out I mean, and sign all these guys, but for a while, was that Spurs were dead and out for a while. I mean, Mike gave up all hope about fourteen times last year, and he gave up hope in nineteen ninety four when he was born. <laughs> <laughs> also, possibly true. Um, Conte's the right manager for him. I, I, I just think they get it done. Trophy, I don't know. I mean, we know it's a Tottenham curse for what since oh eight now. A while, yeah. They finished three or four. Three. It's been a minute. Uh, I think I, they finished. I give, third. I give them three also. I think, I mean, if you look at it statistically, since Conte has come in and the way they've played the XG comparatively speaking to all the other teams and where the expected points total would be, they're clearly the third best team. Like it's head and shoulders above Arsenal 
And from that perspective, once Conte comes in. So I, and they, like Steve said, they have literally only improved the squad in areas they know they needed to improve it. I, I can't see them not finishing third, I, assuming I, there's there's no nothing falls off the rails. Right. I, look, I, I just said what I said, and now I just said that they finished three. And let me just clarify that when I say it. Like, I think they definitely have the possibility to finish three, and I think they should finish three. But of all the teams <laughs> that I think could finish where they do, at least in the top, you know, top four, top five, top six, I think they're the ones that worry the most that won't fulfill that potential. Yeah, I, that's fair. It's a fair assessment. Lots of love to. Uh, let's head over to a team that um, they have a good word for him. Collapsed a few times in the recent, most recent years. Uh, West Ham. <laughs> the Lesters of Man, London. We're going with. What's up? Lesters of, of London. London. Ooh, I like that. Um, last year's finished seventh place, 56 points, 60 goals for, 51 against. Aspirations, I mean, best case scenario for them, what they should be shooting for, Europa League, Europa Conference League, something along those lines. Uh, some transfer business. They got Ariola, Patrick Kelly, Flynn Downs. They got, according, I don't know if it's a confirmed yet, but a couple it hours is. before the podcast, yeah, it, it is, is confirmed. Like, definitely. Yep. yep. Okay. Gianluca Schema or something from Italy, the Sassuolo. Uh, <laughs> I, Italian names, bro, it just doesn't flow. I don't get it. It doesn't, it doesn't click in my head. The striker over there from Italy. <laughs> he doesn't know Italian how to pronounce well. his first name. <laughs> what'd you say he doesn't even know how to pronounce my first name <laughs> but so but so but so um i mean listen they twice with two straight years they basically like got like tanked out of the champions league pretty much back-to-back years yep and then finished now their their best chance for finishing was probably behind them but these are some positive signings. They got possibly the heir to Michele Antonio being done. Jared Bowen had a kind of a breakout campaign last season. Yep. I they haven't done enough to compete with Arsenal, Tottenham, even Man U, maybe in terms of signings and like what we see potential wise out of them. So I think Conference League is probably their best chance. But I mean, you got to push for a little greater than that too if you really want to. But that's kind of where I'm at with them. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is they signed a, a true backup or not, a true successor to Mikel Antonio because he's getting older with age. And, you know, he's obviously done amazing things in the West Ham colors. But I think his time is I, almost it's run coming. now. It's it's pretty close to it. And you can't be relying on Jared Bowen and Saad ben, ben, Rana, ben Rama, excuse me, who's, who was really good. Both were great players last year. But you got to start. Saeed. Saeed, thank you you got to start integrating these other players. You got to start integrating him in. And I think that's going to be a pretty big key for them. Um, so we'll see. I also keeping hold with Declan Rice too this summer. If the fact they're able to do that, I was very surprised about. Um, and I think that even though it's not a transfer they brought in, the fact they were able to do that so far. Feels like one. Huge, 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 huge for them. So still a month ago on that one though. We never, a lot can happen. Yeah, Newcastle might flex the muscles. You never know. Uh, I, I think I think Europa League is a good target, but I think realistically the Conference League is probably closer to where where they're going to end up fighting for. Um, just not enough inbound. We know they collapse the same way Leicester collapse. Um, it, it's just I think they need more pieces for Moyes there. I think they need more depth for Moyes there. It's always been an issue for them, and it doesn't seem like they, they, they've they tried to fill it. I understand that, but I don't think they've done it successfully as of yet. I think they have the potential to shock anyone on their day, anybody, yeah. no problem. But I think consistently over the course of 38 games, I think trying to finish on like six or seven spot, it might just be a little, little too – high for them given the way that the teams ahead of them historically the quote-unquote big six are playing and or signing at the moment yeah seventh is probably about as high as i see them realistically going i um, i think eighth would be their finish yeah europa League, they definitely want to like shoot name for right i think they'll be teetering around with that um that positioning just throughout the entire season right that between that you know yep. fifth sixth seventh eighth spot they'll be up and down kind of as, as the season goes on but where i think they'll eventually settle is what we've seen with them the last two years right uh, two years ago, was in the Champions League. Chelsea ended up knocking them out. I think hit Chelsea and Liverpool actually came out of nowhere and, and then took it over. Yeah. Um, but last season just didn't have the firing power to keep up with everybody, and then you just saw them start dropping games. So, I, 
I wouldn't like seventh place finish seems almost exactly where they're probably going to be next year, if not eighth, somewhere right around that range. Yeah, definitely. Last team, last but not least, Wolves manager Bruno Lodge. Last place finish, or last place last year's <laughs> tenth. That'd be quite unfortunate for them, honestly. They bribed FIFA. Um, aspirations for this year. I mean, the sign that the lack of signing scare me. Obviously, they're a solid team. I was going to say score more than one goal a game. If they <laughs> or- listen, if they can do that. They're Premier League champions. <laughs> Um, top half finish, ECL push, transfer business, and with the Nathan Collins, quite a bit of outbounds. I, I don't know how to take them. It just, I, it, they, they, it feels complacent. I put them in the same exact boat that I put West Ham in. Loads of talent, for. not a lot of depth, not a lot of signings, have the ability to do it, but can they can do it consistently? Probably not. Um, I think it's going to be West Ham and Wolves fighting for seven and eight this year. Is my I, opinion. Honestly, I, this is going to be a hot take, but I think you see a big regress in Wolves this year. Really? I'm, I'm kind of good thing, honestly. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not even sure if it's that hot of a take. I, I really think just I mean, the direction they're kind of, they're kind of going. Yeah, they, I mean the way that they got, I think they got very lucky that they had a staunch defense and they kept winning or losing games by a one nil scoreline, which is at one point, pretty immaculate the way they were able to consistently do that. But I think you're riding luck at that point. And as you know, Vito, luck runs out pretty quickly. So. I don't know that. I've never had it. Vito, so. Vito doesn't have one. <laughs> it, never, it never even got a chance to run. So, there. I think Bruno Large is a good coach, or Large is a good coach. But, you know, just looking at the squad, who they have in place, like, they're, like you said, they're being complacent. And complacency in this league is a step backwards, ultimately. And as long as they're doing that and these other teams around them, like these new castles, like the palaces, like the villas, they're strengthening. I, I could see them slipping relatively far back in the top and then maybe even not even a top half finish. I mean, the signs, oh. the signs are there, right? They had, the, they had the fourth best defense. That's phenomenal. The only teams that scored less than them last year all got relegated. You need goals. I get it. I, find I, I, I totally it. get it. I, I just have I have faith. I have faith in the players that play for that team. I really Listen, do. I'm not like they're a talented team. I'm not. I'm not gonna say anything. Like, take that away from them. I think they they have enough. Like, I, do I see them getting relegated? No. But do I see them finishing top half this year? I. They're gonna push. They're gonna try to push for conference league. I think that's what they should do. I I, I just don't see them coming. You know, close to it. Really realistically, unless they. They they're the only way they, they finish top half is if they do the exact same thing they just did this past year. And Jimenez turns it Jimenez turns it back on. Like that's exactly, the key yeah. too. He he obviously was coming was back from his portion last year. Obviously, think I exactly. back and he's okay, but and he had to go through his like growing pains of like learning to play. It almost felt like learning to play again, like with like his head injury, you know, like being careful, not going into certain things. But he wasn't the same player for a little bit of time. And it, it, was, is, it was pretty it's obvious. Aging squad. Let's not forget too. It's a very aging squad. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot more question marks than there are answers with that team. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah. And when I, when I think that, I think there's a regress incoming. I'm with it. No, 100%. There, there's quite a few teams I feel like that w- feel that way with, right? I, Southampton is one of them. Wolves is one of them for me. Uh, Leicester. Brentford, I think, regresses too. I mean, they, ha- they have made a few quality signings, but we saw what, what really could – after their hot start, what really happened from the entire midway portion of the season and how, how dreadful that was for them. Um, there's quite a few teams. I, I think you're going to see some... The table's going to look different next year. Except, much, much different. Except at the top, probably. You know, top's staying the same. At least the top two. That's not a question. Um, three, four, five, six, though. Wide the fuck open. Yeah. Yeah, we thought it was going to be more wide open this year. Last year, excuse me, when when we talked about the four, five, six spots at least, we thought Chelsea, like people at Chelsea, in the finishing in the top of the league and everything else. But as far as this year is concerned, three, I honestly three, four, five, six, seven, maybe even eight might be wide open. Eight, I think eight, eight pushing three, push three, three through six. Definitely. Yeah, three through six. I think there's another drop off though between yeah. seven, eight, nine, ten, like in that range, right? I said like, it. Was like, you Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea. There's like a like. You have in tiers, yeah. it's Man City, Liverpool, one. 
Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, Man U, probably the next tier. And then after that, I mean, dealer's choice. Who do you want to pick? Yeah. Yeah, you could interchange any of them. You feel right? Like. I mean, between eighth and 12th place last year, what was that? Four points? Best league in the world. It's supposed to be. We need new champions yeah. sometimes. Tell though. that to the Champions League winners, all from Spain. They'll say otherwise. <laughs> Fair enough. They also- Wait, did Spain win all three titles last year? No, I'm just saying they consistently uh-huh. win. Well, did did they? No, no. Chelsea would like to. Uh, uh, Germany won the Europa in there. They Spain wins a lot. <laughs> Let's just say that they win a lot of those. Those Europa or Champions Leagues, those leagues. Understandable. Any other final thoughts, though, boys? Oh, I'll take the sound. Doesn't know. Tune in next week. We were going to be doing our uh, yearly prediction episodes, so we're going to go over pretty much everything you think of be right before the season starts. Um, that'll about do it and wrap it up for this episode of the Sunday League Streamers podcast. Like, comment, hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. Also, follow us on Twitter at the SLScreamers underscore pod for daily tweets about the show, world football, the United States men's national team, and the Premier League. I'm your host, Steve, with Vito and Mike signing off.